Mm. I want to be settled in 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 me and 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 my confidence in what I do and my work and sit back and sort of take a snapshot of everything that I've done and not let the times when I'm down weigh me down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you got to step back like, well, shit, I did that. Well, damn, I got two people stars on the walk of pumps and I did this and that. And sometimes you have to be your own hype man. And as we say on my show, like my girl, piece said, sometimes you got to give yourself roses. You got to give it to your own self. So I think um, being able just to be really comfortable in a space and knowing that this is the life. I, I always say you work, we're working on our monument. Your monument is you. Your monument is your story. What is your story going to tell when you leave this earth? I want to make sure when I leave this earth that I've lived a life. You know what I mean? And so I said, I'm just trying to work on this monument. Star Seeds, and welcome to A Cosmic Journey, the podcast where we talk about everything in the universe from the physical to the metaphysical. I'm Demi Wild, and I am Jay Maceo. This week we've got cosmic news stories. Demi teaches us sextrology 101 for our Patreon listeners, and Jay teaches us the signs that your manifesting is right around the corner with his cosmic insights and we take a deep dive into a black hole to, to hang out with our new friend CJ. Yes. Now, uh, with you, what ha- what's happened this week? Oh, man. This week has been... Uh, it's been challenging, but exciting. Um, I went to a nude beach for the first time this week. You were telling me. Yeah, nice. I went to a nude beach for the first time. Um, I drove all the way out to San Diego. I had a wild hair on my ass, so I just decided to go have a little adventure um, by myself, and uh, I found it very liberating. It was very, very fun. Wow, you turned from a never nude into an always nude. Always, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hardly ever have clothes on anymore. Between this and yoga, wow. Yeah, I know. How about you? How was your week? My week was my week was good. You know, I uh, someone talked to me about a, a new venture that I might participate in. I can't say too much about it, but uh, that's happened, and I'm getting a lot of streams on uh, on Spotify. You are. You got yeah. so many. I'm super proud of you. Yes, yes. I want more followers. Hope people, more people follow Jay Maceo on mm-hmm. uh, on Spotify. But you know, the weekend all in all has been good. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we've got new listeners this week. Yes. We've got new listeners in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Coho's New York. Noida, Uttar Pradesh. Moscow, Russia. Norton Shores, Michigan. Mead Valley, California. Brent, Florida. And Temecula, California. Thank you for listening, guys. Thank um, you. We don't have any new reviews this week. However, uh, if you want to leave us a, a comment or a review on Apple Podcasts along with your rating, um, we will absolutely read them on our next show. Yes, we will. Well, what do we have? Some news stories? We've got news stories. Well, I have one. 
Yes. Uh, so there is a new way to control the brain. Ooh. Yes. Do tell. Yes. And this time it's with light. Okay. Yeah. So optogenics is what it's called. It's akin to a universal programming language for the brain. Okay. Thanks to optogenetics, in just 10 years, we've been able to artificially incept memories in mouse, in mice, uh, decipher brain signals that lead to pain, and untangle neural code for addiction, reverse depression, uh, restore rudimentary uh, sight in blind mice, three of them, uh, and uh, <laughs> three, of them. <laughs> three of them, and overwrite terrible memories with happy ones. This is like when I had to really reread this because when it said incept, they can give these mice false memories like fake yeah that's what i was gonna say restore rudimentary sight and untangle neural code overwrite terrible memories that sounds science fictiony yeah and i mean what memories do terrible memories do you have as a mouse like the cat coming you're running from a cat (laughs) i don't know uh but maybe trips to disneyland with the uh the big mouse but oh god (laughs) right this technology uh uses light uh of different frequencies to control the brain it's a brilliant uh, mind meld of uh, basic neurology and uh, engineering that hijacks the mechanism behind how neurons naturally activate or are silenced in the brain. But it's got two serious downfalls. Uh, The first one is that it requires gene therapy. Mm -hmm. And the second is that it needs uh, brain surgery. Oh, God. Yeah, you need brain surgery to uh, to implant the optical fibers into the brain. But this is what happened. This is why it's uh, so awesome. Uh, there is a doctor at Stanford University uh, in collaboration with the University of Minnesota. He unveiled an upgraded version of optogenetics uh, that controls the behavior without the need of surgery. So this is huge. Rather than the system, uh, the system shines light through the skulls of the mice and penetrates deep into the brain. And with light pulses, we can, you know, the whole team can change how likely the mice are to have seizures, how likely they are to, you know, to go one way or the other. So they reprogram the brain uh, just so it prefers social company. A lot of... uh, That is super cool. Yeah. Um, So is this like the next step into like Frankensteining people? Maybe. I mean, (laughs) they say we're far off from controlling human brains with flashlights, you know, because the, the, the key to optogenetics is engineering, genetic engineering. So without it, neurons don't usually respond to light. But looking ahead, uh, this study really focused towards transforming a powerful technology into a clinical way that could potentially help people with neuro- neurological problems such as depression, epilepsy. It's it's scary what they can do if they can you know use this and just use light mm-hmm. uh, to to give us false memories. That is, well, this sounds a little bit like um, EMDR. Have you ever heard of EMDR? I haven't. It's um, basically, it's, it's um, I, I forget what it stands for, but it's actually kind of like they use rapid eye movement and like like physical sensations to reprogram, therapists do this, to reprogram like bad, like like traumas and things wow. like that. So it's actually very similar to that. They're just using light for it instead. Yeah, I mean, the brain is full of electricity. You know, the yeah. brain and the heart are really full of electricity. They're electric centers. So... Uh, when I when I was in therapy, the, the, one of the therapists actually um, uh, she she tried EMDR therapy on me one time, and she came over to the to the side of the table and or the couch that I was sitting on, 
And first she waved her finger like in front of my face, like like rapid eye movement, like back and forth, like kind of like you do like in, in hypnosis. Right. Um, but, uh, and then she started like kind of talking to me and then like tapping my leg back and forth, like on, on one side. Oh, wow. And so I was kind of like, this seems pointless, but I, I really didn't know what was going on. So, so like, I guess we'll try it. But wow, maybe trying to get different sensations all at once. Yeah, it's something like that. Um, who knows? <laughs> um, there is some good news right now. Um, so there is a com- there's a study uh, in, in in British Columbia from the Br- uh, University of British Columbia that they gave a bunch of money to homeless people. Oh wow! Uh, to see what would happen. And so the study dubbed the New Leaf Project is an initiative of Foundations for Social Change, a charitable organization based in Vancouver, uh, in partnership with the University of British Columbia. I've got a friend in Vancouver, actually. I was Ooh. talking to him this morning. Um, uh, researchers gave 50 uh, recently homeless people a lump sum of 7500 Canadian dollars, uh, nearly $5,700 in American dollars. Uh, they followed the cash recipient's life over 12 to 18 months and compared their outcomes to that of a control group who didn't receive any payment. Uh, the preliminary findings, which uh, will be peer-reviewed next year, show that those who received cash were able to find stable housing faster on average. Uh, by comparison, those who didn't receive the cash lagged about 12 months behind in securing more permanent housing. Um, I have known quite a few homeless people, and I have a few friends that currently are homeless as well. Wow. Um, I, I just always think that... Uh, we should always this is a very important study first of all because uh, nobody's doing this right right I, I, I know in Stockton they have a um, uh, it's kind of a similar program but it's more kind of like a universal basic income type experiment where they give citizens just an X amount of money per month just for living there and the, those results have been astounding people are, are living happier fuller lives people are, are just doing whatever and this is just in Stockton California but if you're giving people who generally need it to live to get back on their feet to right. uh, uh, you know get better why wouldn't we be taking that risk I know there's yeah. there's stigma attached and I think that it actually goes and, and says that but but people actually say you know you're not supposed to give homeless people money because they're going to ask for handouts or, or they're not going to do they're going to use it on drugs or whatever I don't believe that yeah Any, anybody that I know which maybe some people sure but I, I think that overall, like, the addiction and, and the drug use and, and stuff is actually more of a symptom of the problem than uh, the actual problem itself. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's drug use, sometimes it's mental health. That, too. There's, yeah. there's a lot involved in it. Uh, people who... Oh, that's actually a good point. People who received cash were able to access food they needed to live faster. Nearly 70% did after one month. Uh, they maintained greater food security throughout the year. Uh, the recipients spent more food clothing and rent more food on clothing and rent uh on food clothing and rent while there was a 39 percent decrease in spending on goods like alcohol cigarettes or drugs the 150 uh, participants in the randomized controlled trial were between the ages of 19 and 64 Mm -hmm. and they had been homeless for an average of six months Uh, so newly homeless Mm -hmm. Um, participants were screened for a low risk of mental health challenges and substance abuse as well so a little bit more of a low risk type thing. However, um, it is good work that that this is doing. I think it can really help a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I know that's short term, but uh, six months, especially depending on where you are, is a long time to be homeless. Definitely. I've had uh, I've been you know without a place uh, a couple of times in my life for just a few months. 
but uh, it is uh, not fun. So. I, was, I was homeless for one month. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You, and, that's an experience you don't forget. Yeah, definitely. Well, w- the earth is good, right? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's alright. But what's better than the earth? And that's what uh, some scientists want to find out. So on Earth, there's uh, life virtually everywhere. There's liquid. There's water. Uh, as such, the hunt for extraterrestrial life has focused on so-called habitable or Goldilocks zones. You know, mm-hmm. they're just right. Mm-hmm. Uh, areas around stars uh, temperate enough for planets to possess water, uh, liquid water, on their surfaces. Now, since Earth is the only inhabited world known... Uh, this planet uh, usually is the focus for studies on habitability. <laughs> habitability. Uh, however, scientists have raised the question uh, and reason that other worlds, other than Earth, uh, could offer conditions suitable for life uh, to emerge and to evolve. Now, such worlds might even prove super habitable, uh, meaning that they'd have a better chance of hosting life than Earth. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, all in all, scientists identified 24 super habitable planets. None of them met all of the criteria, though, that uh, researchers drew up for super habitable planets. But one did meet at least two. Uh, KOI 5715.01. What a name. Right? Why don't they just call it Earl or something? I don't know. Uh, This is a planet about 5.5 billion years old and about 1.8 to 2.4 times the, uh, the diameter of the Earth, uh, and it's orbiting an orange dwarf sun, uh, or orange dwarf star, uh, about uh, 2,965 light years away. Oh, so not that far. Yeah, it's just, it's just a quick drive. <laughs> I don't know how much gas that would take. We, we think, did we do that on one we, show? We did do we that, yeah. <laughs> saw how much gas it would take to get somewhere. Well, it might. this planet might have an average surface temperature of about uh, 4.3, degrees uh that's fahrenheit it's 2.4 if you're in the celsius world Mm. but uh, about 4.3 degrees cooler than the earth but it has more greenhouse gases than earth to trap heat so it might be a super habitable planet uh the favorite potentially super habitable planet uh from all these worlds is another koi koi 55 5.01. This is a newer model. Uh, A world about uh, 6.5 billion years old. uh, And it's uh, about 0.72 to 1.29 the times uh, the size of the Earth's diameter. And it's uh, orbiting a yellow dwarf star uh, about... uh, about uh, 700 light years from Earth. Oh, that's actually closer than the other one. Yeah, Quite so if you're, you know, planning a trip, a road trip, maybe go to this planet. Now, question, mm-hmm. is more greenhouse gases a good thing? It For heat, I mean, it'll trap heat in more. Right, but so, we're, we're talking about global warming here. Right, but this place is cooler has, than... It has more greenhouse gases and to trap heat. Right, yeah, yeah, this place has so more... It'll be hotter. Yeah, it'll be hotter. And, yep. and uh, Yeah, so, I mean, I don't think they have... We're not sure if they have poles or, or anything yet and whether, you know, their warming would, would be right. bad, but, yeah. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> random question. Um, so, I've been studying French. Ooh. Je m'appelle Demi. Ooh. I was going to ask you, comment tu j'appelle? Comment tu j'appelle? Uh, so... Uh, it, it's really funny. I found this article that, that there was a French man who uh, is 
heavily tattooed, and he says that it costed him his job. Uh, so a school teacher whose body, face, and tongue are covered in tattoos, uh, who has had the whites of his eyes surgically turned black, said that he was prevented from teaching at a French kindergarten after a parent complained that he scared their child. I'm sorry, tongue? Tongue. Ooh. Tongue, face, body, and eyes? His eyes were blackened? Ooh, jeez. So, I mean, that's kind of... Body modifications would vary, yeah. Um, but the teacher, his name is Sylvan Helene. Um, he was 35. He still teaches children from the age of six up. And he said, and after the initial shock when they see him for the first time, his pupils see past his appearance. His pupils see past his pupils. His pupils see past his pupils. Um, he said last year he was teaching kindergarten at the Dr. Morer, Dr. Morer, oh, terrible French accent, <laughs> elementary school in Palaiso. Palais, so sure, uh, a, a suburb of Paris. When parents uh, of a three-year-old child complained to educational uh, authorities, they said their son, who was not taught by Helene, had nightmares after seeing him. <laughs> so, uh, a couple of months later, the school authorities informed him that he could no longer teach kindergarten children, he said. I think the decision they took was quite sad, he, he said. Um, a spokesman for the local education authority said the agreement was reached with Helene to move him away from teaching kindergarten. Pupils under six could be frightened by his appearance, the spokesman said. Uh, despite the setbacks, Helene said that he would stick to his chosen career. He said, I'm a primary school teacher and I love my job. He said that he started getting tattoos at the age of 27 when, while teaching at a private school in London, he had an existential crisis. Since then, he said, getting tattoos is my passion. Hmm. Uh, he said he hoped to show his pupils that they could should accept people who are different from the norm. Maybe when they are adults, they will see they will be less racist and less homophobic than more and more open-minded. He said. Oh. I mean, we shouldn't be judging people by a cover, anyways. Like, yeah, maybe his appearance is scary or or kind of freaky looking, but um, I'm covered in tattoos, and and I remember when I was working in a grocery store, we weren't even allowed to have them shown. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, I would have to have, wear long sleeves, and I would have to wear, like, you know, you know, things covering whatever, and, and you know, you, it, it, when we're policing people's appearances like that and not getting used to seeing people who of all different shapes and sizes, oops, sorry, uh, shapes and sizes and and appearances, what are we really teaching our kids? To be racist and homophobic. Exactly. <laughs> to be less tolerant of other people and less uh, accepting of other people because of their appearances. Well, Starseeds, here on A Cosmic Journey, we are neither homophobic nor racist. In case you didn't know. I don't know. Yeah. I was trying to make a joke, but I, I really... <laughs> or are we? Or are we? <laughs> With that, is that a good time to go to break? I think that's a really good time to go to break. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. Be right back. about your uh, cosmic insights this week. Oh, I do have uh, insights of the cosmic variety. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we talk about manifestation a lot here, and, you know, I, I know I can't be the only one who sometimes thinks, wow, I've been trying to manifest this thing forever, I've been trying to get this, I've been trying to have this breakthrough forever, and it seems like it's not coming. 
We talked about a story uh, last week. Uh, I talked about a story of this man who, uh, this man and his uncle, who were going into the uh, the gold rush era, and they went in Colorado. They got this land, they got this equipment, and they went to go on this land, and they just gave up. And they're like, ah, oh. uh, they sold their equipment because they couldn't mine for gold, and they didn't they mine for gold, and they didn't find any. Sold it to another guy who did some research and had the land surveyed and realized they were digging just three, literally three feet away from right. uh, from the gold. I remember that. And I tell this story because we can be so close to an insight, so close to manifesting something and not be aware of it. So I think what's really important is to to give you some encouragement, to give you some signs. I know you're looking in here. <laughs> give you some signs that uh, that you might be what you're trying to manifest, what you're trying to get, what is for you might be right around the corner. Mm-hmm. So the first sign is you find yourself open to new ideas. I think that one thing that blocks us, we, we talked about in you know neuroscience, neuroplasticity, that we can change the brain, but what usually happens is I get up, same side of the bed, uh, you know, brush my teeth with the same hand, drink out of the same mug, uh, do the same things over and over and over again, and my life is predictable. So I live in the predictable past, and that's what happens, that's normal, that's what we all do. But what happens Habits is... Do- yeah, we're talking about habits, and, and habits do have a purpose, definitely, but yeah, but some habits can be bad habits. They can be bad habits, but what happens is that we find ourselves open to new ideas, because what happens is that once I'm open to something, uh, I can actually, you know, receive something, because the thing is, we talk to, you know, a lot of times we're closed off from actually receiving, yeah, uh, and when we just open ourselves up, one of the things uh, I, it's I love this uh, that uh, Jake Ducey, who I quote a lot, mm-hmm. uh, one thing he talked about a prayer to the universe: uh, "Universe, let me be open to receive the blessings that others are not willing or able to." Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, there there are gifts and blessings all over the place, but some people aren't open. But one of the the signs that your manifestation is right around the corner is that you find yourself open to possibility, open to what the universe has for you, open to to whatever it is. So I, I like that. So if you're if you're sitting there and you're open and you're thinking about just closing down and being like, nah, uh, that that's a good thing. Just stay open, and your manifestation's right around the corner. The second one, uh, I really like this opportunities appear out of nowhere. Now you might say opportunity, that's your manifestation, but I'll say this, sometimes opportunities come in the form of struggle. Mm -hmm. Sometimes opportunities come in the form of something that's very, very inconvenient. Yep. Sometimes, you know, they, they, opportunities come in so many different forms. So uh, the good thing is knowing that our manifestation is right around the corner, Opportunities, whether it's a job opportunity, whether it's an opportunity for me to step out of my comfort zone, whether what happens is the universe gives me an opportunity to be different than I am right now. Mm-hmm. And I want to say right now that if you're seeing opportunities, you know, a good prayer, you know, or I, I don't always use the word prayer, but, uh, you know, a good prayer, meditation, affirmation, uh, affirmation that you might want to use is, you know, universe, open my eyes to the opportunities that are being presented to me. 
because you know sometimes we can have opportunities and not realize it but when you man when you realize well I'm getting these opportunities for jobs I'm getting these opportunities and it can seem overwhelming at times mm -hmm. but what happens is that it's through those opportunities that the universe leads and guides us to the place that we're supposed to be uh, so do you have you had any opportunities recently come up I've had a lot of opportunities come up recently yes um, it's it's really funny and they've been coming out of like what seems to be thin air mm -hmm. and you know and every time it happens it's so exciting it's like oh my god what next what next oh my god oh my god and like you know granted a lot of them do come in the form of struggles um in fact i have a very kind of complicated thing going on right now that i won't talk about but um that i'm just kind of like you know what i see that and i'm not gonna be hurt by that because that th what that wants is, is to hurt my ego mm. that wants to like make me make me the the, the villain mm. and i'm not gonna do that yeah. because i'm better than that yes yeah that was, oh, that was it no, sorry, no, I'm, I'm, I'm listening like amen amen um, <laughs> i got a church lady listening to you yep uh but opportunities they come out of nowhere and you know i i love that 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 is how it's it's weird somehow the we don't see the we want to see the finished product but we don't see the step by step that mm -hmm. the universe is taking to get us somewhere and just the you know i'll say this the uh opportunity for the job that uh for the day job that i had i mean it's just it was so weird for me i literally uh, was thinking about switching jobs i had uh, sent a text to a friend weeks ago mm -hmm. and for some reason he responds at the time that he does weeks later we're talking about the stuff, and he said, oh, my company's hiring. Little did I know that he was the president and the owner of the company. Right. Yeah, he just, <laughs> I just knew my buddy who I used to work with, you know, said, uh, yeah, I'm opening a company, so that, that's awesome. So, uh, open to, you find yourself open to new ideas, opportunities appear out of nowhere. The third one might seem like it's a sign that your, your manifestation isn't coming, but this is a good one. The third one is old challenges resurface. Oh, that hurts, mama. It hurts, right? <laughs> so what happens is it is sometimes right, but they always say the darkest day is right before the dawn. Mm -hmm. In in uh, movies, they have uh, if you in a, the three act structure in movies, it's kind of you know funny. It's you know act one sets it up, act two is like what's going on. What happens at the end of act two? There's always some sort of tragedy that looks like the the hero isn't gonna make it. Everything is so so dark. And in Act Three, all that gets worked out. They call that the climax. Yes. The, mm, mm. What do they call it? We're talking yes. about sextology on Patreon. We are. Patreon, get that. <laughs> but uh, old challenges resurface, and what happens is sometimes we take that sign as you know old challenges resurfacing. That I'm just going to be the same way that I've always been, and it's just about. But what happens is, see, the old me does not want to die. Yeah. The old me does not want to give up relevance. It's almost like when, uh, this is so morbid of something to, uh, to, to bring up, but it's almost like when uh, you see a movie where someone's smothering someone with a pillow or drowning someone. Oh, I know. God. <laughs> I know. This is a morbid way of pulling it up. But they're doing that, and they start to fight, and right before, they, you know, right before the life goes out of them, they're like flapping, and yeah, I don't know. This is not from personal experience. But... <laughs> You know, really? they're flapping around. You could have fooled me. <laughs> they get super duper strong, and then and, and what happens is, and then they, you know, they, you know, they die or they 
you know, get smothered or what happens. Yeah. But that's because at the end, they're fighting like hell because they don't want to give up. They yep. want to keep living. And what happens, that old side of me does not want to die. It wants to keep living. It wants to keep doing its thing. Uh, and what happens, so I challenge you because there's probably somebody out there listening right now who you're not sure if what you want is, is uh, coming around the corner or not. And you see that old habit. You know that thing that you thought that you had gotten rid of? Hey, why is this coming back into my life? I thought I was done dealing with this. Mm-hmm. I thought I was done having this happen in my relationships. I thought I was done with this habit. I thought mm-hmm. I was. And sometimes it's when those things come up. And even, you know, and I will say this, that uh, sometimes these are challenges. Sometimes it's not things that I fall back into, but it's weird. Sometimes it's just that the challenges come up again, Mm -hmm. that the temptations come up again. And this is the point, the make it or break it point for people, that old challenges resurfacing can either be a sign that you're stepping into your manifestation or stepping back into your old life. It's sometimes how we deal with the the old challenges that resurface. Um, Well, also the universe likes to throw wrenches in your system just to see if you're still on track or not. Are you still on track? Yeah. (laughs) That's that's definitely a, a very applicable thing that happens to me quite often. Yeah, I mean, and sometimes I I heard someone talk about at one point how, uh, you know, you look at something as a roadblock and, oh, no, that's not a roadblock. That's just a stepping stone to get me higher. I'm supposed to step over that Mm -hmm. and step over the next one. And they viewed, you know, the the things that block us as stepping stones to get us to a higher place. Like a track and field. It's like the hurdle you got to jump to to get to the finish line. Yes. Mm -hmm. So so if you have old challenges coming back and resurfacing, it doesn't mean, oh, hell, just give up. It means that uh, you are so close and that old you does not want to let go. So keep on keeping on. Uh, The fourth one is, I like this, is that you own your thoughts, feelings, and actions. You know what? If there's anything that kills manifestation, it's when I blame people or try to make them responsible for what's going on in my life. Yeah. There's something about, you know, it's funny, there, there's a, uh, a process of, uh, of dealing with resentments that's, that I was taught. And this process is that uh, for, you do four columns for resentment. The first column is the person's name. The second column is what they did or what, what the hurt is. The third column is what did it affect. Did it affect our personal relationship, you know, sexual relationships, my, my money, uh, my self-esteem, what did it affect? But the fourth column is what was my part either in the action or in the resentment, just in the resentment itself. Mm-hmm. And the reason I bring that up is because that's a process of resentment that lets me own part of what's going on here. And that way I don't look at the world as such a hateful, horrible place. I look at it as a place where, wow, I have control here. And what happens when we start to own our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions it opens the door for the universe to bring us things that we weren't ready for when we were staying in resentment. Yeah. Uh, and what's funny that I, I, I thought about this and we talk about how words have power. Sometimes there, there are things that we need to get rid of, I think, in speech. One of them is, you made me feel such and such. I felt like this because something that somebody did jogged something in me 
but I felt like this. They didn't make me feel like this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was, you know, dealing with something recently where it was like I was having these feelings. And I, it's funny. I wanted to to be passive aggressive. I'm going to Jay is going to just open it up and tell you the real deal, the dirt on himself. Uh, I wanted I felt hurt. I wanted to be a little bit aloof. I wanted to be passive aggressive. Oh no, you didn't do anything. It's not your fault. But let's just. And I realized that what I want, I, what I wanted to be to this person, or the way I was acting towards this person, was because of my feelings, and they had done absolutely nothing wrong. And I started thinking, wow, how many times in my life have I done that? Have I had some sort of thought or feeling, and messed up a friendship, messed up a business deal, messed up something? Because I was putting other people, making other people responsible for how I felt. Yeah. I think that one of the hugest things and the best things to learn uh, is that I'm in control of my own thoughts and feelings and actions. And that is such a freeing thing because if other people are in control of my thoughts and my feelings and actions, I live in a horrible, scary place that, you know, the shoe's going to drop any second. But if I own how I feel, how I think, how I act... Uh, then that is a perfect opportunity for the universe to to show up. And when I, you know, start to realize that, well, I'm owning how I feel. I'm owning the the thoughts. Um, this is mine. It allows so much, so many gifts to come into my life. Absolutely. And the last one, what happens, and you know, I think the last one is a cumulative. Cumulative Cumulus clouds. Yeah. It's a cumulus cloud. You understand me. I'm the snappy one to tell you. So I think the cumulative effect here is that you override your previous programming. When I'm open to new ideas, opportunities appear out of nowhere, uh, old challenges resurface, and I own my thoughts and my feelings, what happens, another sign, which is like kind of like an effect of the other signs, is I begin to override my previous programming. That is that that somehow I step into what I've been manifesting because I'm not doing what I did before. Mm -hmm. That somehow I know I've always been this way, I've always been this way, it's always been this way, and somehow I catch myself stepping out of what I used to be. Uh, Overriding programming is, you know, sometimes when I feel I gotta get angry at this thing. I remember it was such a beautiful thing watching myself getting pissed off at something really mad at something and then being like oh i have a choice of how angry i'm going to be at that i'm going to be like okay no big deal and i started saying wait a second i said no big deal to this thing and all of a sudden it's not a big deal and when i catch myself realizing that there's so much negativity that i've held in my brain or that you know most of us do we we have what uh, 65,000 thoughts uh, in a day, roughly. Yeah. You know, 90 to 95 of those thoughts are the ones we thought before. And so we're reacting on this program from years and years and years. And a good, you know, sign that we're about to step into what, we man- what we're trying to manifest is that we catch ourselves overriding our previous programming. And the reason, this is the reason, and I'll wrap it up with this. The reason is because as I override my previous programming, I become someone else. Why is that important? Because the old me is the me that's stuck in this, people hurt me, uh, it's other person's fault, I'll never amount to yada, 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 yada. That person doesn't get the manifestation. 
but the person that gets what he's been manifesting and what he wants is the person who is brand new and who doesn't have those thoughts and those feelings. So as I become the person who overrides my previous programming, what happens is I open myself up to the universe bringing some great, great things my way. So those are my insights of the cosmic variety today. We're going to be right back with our new friend, CJ. CJ. Hi, Demi. It's yet Sylvia calling you. Hey, I looked up that guy you was having on the show this week. CJ's his name. Isn't he friends with that Ross Matthews? Man, I used to see him on the Jay Leno show. Uh, anyways, tell him I said hi. Uh, I love you. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Yay! Hi, CJ. Hey, what's up? Hey. What's up? So, so glad to be here. I'm like, I've been a huge fan of yours for like a while. I've been following you. I mean, we've talked for a little while too. So. Yeah, 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 for sure. Now this is awesome. Yeah, this is super cool. We're happy to have you. Yes. I'm glad to be coming on the show. Um, so this is our friend CJ. Uh, he is the podcast host extraordinaire with uh, Street Talk with Ross. Can we kick it? He's an mm-hmm. event producer, um, a drag race enthusiast, and <laughs> master manifester. And, Come on uh, now. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we're just super happy to have you here. Yes. Um, so we've got a bunch of questions we're going to ask you here. And then uh, we've got like 20 questions that we're going to do for like Patreon. It'll go pretty quickly. Oh. Cool. Um, so where did you grow up? I grew up in Los Angeles. You know what? I'm looking at this mic. I love a big mic. <laughs> I love oh, that mic so too. Good. I didn't realize this. I've been doing a Ross show just like this. I didn't realize this is like right here in front of my face. Um, so I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, and then I want to say about 20, when I was about the age of 20, 21, I uh, went on a trip really quick uh, to New York for a few days, came back, packed everything up, and then I moved to New York for about 15 years and then moved wow. back to Los Angeles. Where in New York did you live in? Oh, everywhere. I lived in tribal i lived everywhere in brooklyn queens i lived in jersey south orange new jersey newark bronx i lived everywhere nice i love new york it's like one of my favorite cities yeah i love new york so much so much nice i've only he's been i've only been once yeah i actually was just there in like june i I went on a little like backpacking trip oh see i i always say i love new york when i lived there because it was still like uh like the pier it was still the pier and it was still like gritty and dirty shanked in a sex shop or something so that's what i miss about new york um when i was there it it was very different because it was during covid Mm -hmm. and like it was just everything was shut down right Right. it was like a lot quieter and it was Mm -hmm. like not new york but it was still very interesting to experience yeah oh wow i can only imagine and what was your family like? Um, we're all over the place, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, my story, I think I've sprinkled it out throughout um, some shows here and there, but I didn't necessarily grow up with my mother for a period mm-hmm. of time. Um, you know, she was a young mother when she had me, and she was figuring out her own life in a way. Mm-hmm. So um, I pretty much, and I was a runaway kid. 
um, to I ran away when I was like 14. So I was like living on the street for a minute and kind of hustling and bustling and got back and forth with my grandmother. And so I think my family, it's all like, I'm kind of like a wayward kid. <laughs> so I'm just kind of like totally. figuring it out. And the streets taught me a lot. Um, but as I've gotten older, uh, specifically the relationship with my mother has gotten better. You know, and so I knew she was young. She had me. She was figuring out her own life. So I had to tell her, you know, I, I, I forgive you for everything and blame you for nothing. Because how could I when you were figuring your own self out? How could you, you know, figure me out? So, um, yeah, that's about it. Wow. We're all over. So nonetheless, we're all over. <laughs> the entire family. But they're all here in like L.A.? Um, or just some all in L.A., some yeah. in New York. Yeah. Some down south. But yeah. Um, what did you want to be when you grew up? I always wanted to be in entertainment. Um, so, like, I played football for a long time. That was, like, the road that everybody expected of me just because I was so big. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, massive, they just wanted me to hold uh, hold the skin and run, which I got into. And then just one day, I remember my aunt was driving me to school. And I had football practice that day. And she looked at me. She was like, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And that day, uh-huh. I played football. And I just didn't play anymore. And I just knew I wanted to be in entertainment somehow, some way. Yeah. Yeah, I totally feel the same way. Like, I, I knew I wanted to be in entertainment some way or another. Like, mm-hmm. I started about acting. Right. Yeah, right. like, doing that, like, improv and stuff. And then mm-hmm. discovered podcasting. And I was like, okay, well, this is another thing. Right. I, did, right. I actually did drag for, like, six years, too. <laughs> oh, wow. What was your name? Venus Lapinas. <laughs> Work. <laughs> work. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was actually. I, I did it for quite a while. I was hosting shows. I was doing things like up in Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I had a big, not a big following, but I had a little bit of a following up there. And I was gonna audition eventually, but I just. Oh wow! Okay. Decided it wasn't. It wasn't my thing anymore. <laughs> oh, well, at least you did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you did. I tried it for a couple of months, and it was not. Pre- Have you ever seen Gremlins too? Oh, yes. I was just looking at the picture of who you're talking about this morning for a Halloween concert, which is funny. I look like the female gremlin, except not as thin and sexy. Oh, yeah. So yeah. what was your name? Uh, Anita Cockatoo. Okay. That is beautiful work. That is beautiful. We have a, we have a very special uh, nickname or drag name that we've given him, though. It's Manifest in St. James. Oh, yeah. Manifest. Oh, that's okay. I like that. That's very, very, very uh, uh, a personal one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We'll do a couple. <laughs> How did you and Ross meet? We met in Palm Springs at a bar. And he was Ooh. sitting there, and I just maybe um, stumbled upon his podcast one because my life was so busy, and I would just listen to it in the mornings or driving in traffic in LA. And I was like, "This is the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life." <laughs> and then I found myself like, I couldn't turn it off, and I kept laughing and certain jokes that he would say that nobody would, but I would get them. And so even now, to this day, Ross will say something on the show, and five minutes later, I'm like, "I cannot believe you!" And then he'll start laughing. Like our humor is so stupid, <laughs> and so. I was like, he's so, and I've said this before to Ross, I, I just, my kind of gay didn't connect to his kind of gay. And that's how small minded I think in my world mm-hmm. that I was. And so I just didn't entertain it. Listening to the podcast, I was like, oh, it's actually funny. Oh, I actually really do listen to this podcast. And he was in Palm Springs at the bar. Um, and I knew he went to that bar because he spoke about it. I said, like, oh, shit, I got to go to that bar. And he was sitting at the bar and I went up to him and I told him to Snapchat me that pussy. And it started from there. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's super cool. <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been listening to Ross's show 
for a couple of years now. And I, I'm just like, sometimes I was sitting in like the journalism lab in, in, in school and like some mm-hmm. of my, my classmates would be like, what the hell are you listening to? <laughs> so all over the place. <laughs> Hearing you guys on there is how I found out that uh, Oil Can Harry's uh, closed. Uh, right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I was listening to it and I heard, oh my God. And of course, yeah. Gold Coast. So. Yeah. Gold Coast, Cobra, we have nothing except hopefully the bullet will open uh, back up. I mean, for listeners that don't know, bullet is like my Bahar in the valley. It is when you speak about um, a gremlin. It is where the gremlins are born. It is if the Walking Dead had a bar, it would be the bullet. This is where yeah, the zombies congregate, and friend, I love it. My friend works there actually. Wait, who's your friend? I have a friend who's a bartender there. Yeah. Wait, what's his name? Uh, Kirby Kirk. Oh, Kirk is my boy. Yeah. Oh, my my boy. Oh, I, know, I know the owner. Like, I talk so much shit. Like, every time the owner Michael comes, I'm like, I hate this bar. Wait, I'm sorry. Can I curse? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hell yeah. Oh. Fuck yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so I always say, like, I always talk shit about I love that bar so much. So hopefully that doesn't close. I think it'll be different um, circumstance there because he actually owns the land. So Ooh. I think for him, it's a little different, but we'll see. Yeah. If Trump's closed, I'm probably just going to kill myself. <laughs> Yo, for real. I was just telling my homeboy, you need you a good ratchet turn up. Sometimes you got to walk in there with your drink. You got to be like, excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Last time I was at, uh, last time I was at Trump's, I actually ran into Sam Smith. Oh, ri- oh shit. Oh, he's a barfly too. He, he goes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have a friend, a friend of mine is really good friends with him and I always see them. Out. I'm like, oh shit, y'all have every bar. Um, what's your zodiac sign? Capricorn. Capricorn. Oh, mm. oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know your rising and your moon? Ooh, that I can honestly say I do not, and I should. I don't know that. Do I'll, read know that? I'll read you sometime. I'll read you sometime. Oh, please, yes, 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 yes. Please. Yeah. I need okay. I need that. I need I'm actually like that's like part of the thing that I do on this show is like I I, I a learn but also teach like astrology and and, okay. and all that stuff so i love to read sometimes I'm and sextrology and sextrology we we're, doing, <laughs> we're doing sextrology on patreon this this month oh love yes yeah. Yeah. okay good, good stuff. i love that love it. what's your spiritual background Ooh, so i for, for a specific time in my life i uh, was christian um i was catholic um i now there's no denomination. I'm just, I, I don't pray to a God. I pray to, uh, I don't even pray to anything. I just speak into the universe and all that kind of protects me and holds me. And, you know, you put out, you get, you you put out what you get back that whole thing. Like, so I've been through it all. I've, um, I was going to study be Jehovah witness for a minute because I was the girl who was one. And so her family, I couldn't be around unless I was Jehovah with them. And then, so now I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm I'm one of the earth. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) You're telling my story there. <laughs> you know, you know. He was a he was a preacher for a long time. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. And okay. and now just like it's so funny. About a year, a little over a year ago, all the mm. stuff that I believed all my life, yeah, didn't make sense anymore. Yeah, it didn't add up and didn't fit mm-hmm. with who I am. And it's funny what you said about uh, praying. Yeah. I'm the same way because I used to say, oh, please, this, please, that. Yes. And now instead of, you know, kind of asking and being kind of needy with the universe, mm-hmm. needing what I wanted to it. So, exactly. So here, exactly. Right here. Right here. I love yeah. that. You did, a little, you did a little ritual last night, didn't you? 
Oh yeah, I sure did. Yeah, sure did. I did, I did one too, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went in there, kind of put them all down. I let some things go. Mm-hmm. Uh, manifested some 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 good abundance in my life, and just Ooh. yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Almost so, caught my room on fire in the process. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I know, like trying to blow it out. Yeah, yeah. I sure did. I have a little like metal bowl that I just like put the papers in and just like set it on there. So. Yeah, yeah. So once I figured that out, it was all good. Yep. <laughs> um, what is the weirdest supernatural experience you've ever experienced? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, uh, supernatural experience. I've like there's a. F- a friend that has passed, I know there's been times in my life where I can hear him speak mm-hmm. to me about something, mm-hmm. specifically things in my career. Um, and I can feel the energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I can feel his energy. You know what I mean? And so, because um, his, his passing was so abrupt and unexpected. And so, um, yeah, I can, I can just feel that. Yeah. When I'm trying to have a decision uh, be made on my behalf or something like that, I could definitely feel it. Yeah. My very funny story. I, I met a medium off of Grinder one time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on now. A medium what? Wink. And uh, we, we we didn't sleep together, but uh, he, he, did, he did do a reading for me in the process. And... <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. This glass is called Morning Wood. <laughs> so did you just say like, what is that? So it's this designer and <laughs> hate this mug. I have one in blue, but it's just called Morning Wood. So Oh <laughs> nice, nice. I'm sorry, I was very disruptive. I apologize to both of you. But I saw that and I was like, hold it, wait a minute. Uh, I know this sorry. isn't a, a visual uh, format, yeah. but that was a very awkwardly shaped one. <laughs> As Ross would say, this is a radio program. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, someone else says radio. Radio. <laughs> yeah. I make, make fun of him because he says radio. Um, how did you get started? Oh, that's your question. Uh, well, you alluded to it a little bit, but how did you get started uh, doing what you're doing now? Hmm. Um, what is it you're doing now exactly? Like we've already. Oh my gosh! Pretty, I mean, obviously, the podcasting and everything. Um, I love being really creative in in entertainment. As um, as we said in the beginning, mm-hmm. I love it so much. But I love behind the scenes. There was a time when I was a rapper and I had a rap group, and then, Ooh. but then I realized. Um, when I was managing producers and rappers and songwriters, I really fell in love with it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was the hustle bustle having a friend that sounds, Oh yeah, I can, I'm, I can manage you and just hustling and getting the record deal for somebody. And then it kind of just kept kind of fumbling towards whatever's next and next mm-hmm. and just kind of making a name for myself in the industry and just really kind of hustling around. And now obviously with um, the pandemic and everything, it's changed a lot in what I do specifically like, with our drag brunches and things like that. And we were just, we were on a, on a national book tour and we had like two more weeks of West coast dates and we had to shut everything down. So it kind of really put a shift, I think. And not only me, but all of my friends that work in entertainment, like everybody got screwed. So now it's all this kind of reconfiguring of what we used to do for this new normal. And so that's kind of been where I'm at lately. Like, you know, yeah, we've been just, kind of struggling having people like, you know, be physically present because that's like kind of what we're used to, mm-hmm, like, we're, like mm-hmm. interviews and stuff. Right. And so I'm like, you know what, we should probably just adapt. And 
I was nervous mm. because Mercury is in retrograde right now. So I'm like, <laughs> right, she right. can fan really easily. <laughs> Seriously. So that's why I'm walking really lightly and not agreeing to a lot. I'm just kind of sitting back and, and letting things speak how they may. You know what I mean? So it'll be interesting. I think we I've been having a couple of meetings in terms of bringing the brunch back. And so there's places that can accommodate um, in terms of what what they can in whatever state that they're in. So yeah. working on that, but I'm also going to see a couple of events like tomorrow I'm going to a driving drag show or best in drag at the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. just to kind of see that. And then tonight I'm going to something at Rockwell's where it's the social distancing. It's a DJ that's coming, but they're doing it in seatings and you can only dance at your table. Mm-hmm. It's your socially distanced table, but it'd be a yeah. deep thing to food. So I'm just like, huh, because we used to do a drag brunch there. So I was like, let me just go see what, what everybody else is doing. And then, you know, yeah. then let me kind of decide. Uh, we saw one in Long Beach. Yeah, uh, exactly. Sweet. Uh, oh, with Morgan and all that. How was that? Morgan yes. and, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was a big show. Oh, Widow was there too. Oh, right. Yeah, you know oh, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah Morgan, uh, Morgan was telling me to come check it out because, you know, she was the host of our Palm Springs one. So mm-hmm. now we're trying to figure that out. So how was that, though? Oh, it was, oh, it was awesome. Yeah. Was yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they were all yeah. excellent. Yeah. We don't tore the house down, though. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I am sure she did. That's awesome. Um, if you could have a talent that you do not currently possess, what would it be? Oh, lovely, brilliant question. Okay. Two things. Okay. One, I've had a, a, a such a huge desire to be the front man, I want to have my own rock band. Okay. <laughs> like I want to like fucking Paramore meets Queen of the Stone Age. Ooh, I want man. I want to mash that, but like with a little like gritty Lenny Kravitz feel. Yeah. I would do a rock. So I would do that. Two, probably my number one, I would be like a world renowned tennis uh player. Like oh, would, you're a big tennis fan. Oh, uh, what? Get me on that circuit. Like me and team be having our little secret love affair. Like I would be <laughs> in tennis <laughs> for real. Um, were you excited with um, the the turnout for the the world championship? Yeah, you know what? Because it was going in, I was like, "How is this going to be?" I think even watching the the um, the U.S. Open, it it was interesting, but I wasn't mad at it to be able to really hear them hear the ball and. And all that, but then obviously in the French Open, they opened it up to like something like a thousand people were able to okay. sit, and so that kind of made it a little more fun. But I love it. Yeah, nice. I love them. Mm-hmm. Who, who's your closest friend, and what do you love most about them? Ooh, wow! My closest friend, I would have to say my buddy Jermaine um, is by far probably my closest because I love that. He's the brother I just, I never had. Like, we talk about anything, everything. We've been on trips, and we could be literally in the name, same room, naked, lay on the couch, eat and <laughs> we've never done, like, it's, you know, it's that theory of gay friends that either you slept with somebody that you were friends, like, we've never, and I'm thinking <laughs> it that way. I love that we have never messed around, you know, yeah. right? and it just, it feels like a really, like a brotherhood for real and he knows what the bodies are buried so that friend wow. that's got to be my best friend <laughs> on my killer <laughs> she know <laughs> way too much <laughs> um who is someone you consider a mentor and how have they impacted your life hmm mentor so there's this uh i have a buddy by the name of jason like where does who 
they're both in New York. So Jason Lechberg um, is the one that kind of really helped uh, get my career in social media going because that's how I really started in all of this back in Williamsburg 20 some years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was when like we were like managing my my space pages and my year oh. life. So we were like back. And so we have to go to because at one point I was managing all the 50 cent and G unit stuff. So I would have to go and sit with them. And then what do you want on your MySpace page and shit like that? So um, he kind of really helped steer me in that. Uh, really super smart. He's a heavy metal dude. So I would go and watch his. So we were two complete opposites, but he's somebody to this day I love. And my other friend, Martin Berrios, out of New York, genius at marketing. We used to manage together. We come from the industry. We worked at record labels together. And it's just somebody that gives it to me straight no chaser. He's kind of like coming in and now overseeing all of my stuff from my pod and just as we're growing and going different places. And so um, those two people for sure. Nice. Wow. Yeah. What about, okay. So your current style, how would you describe your current style and how would you say it differs from your, your younger self? My style. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, my young, it could be like clothing style. It could be okay. younger. Um, it, it was a little more trying to be cool and the trend and, and, and what's <laughs> popping. Of course, what I think most young people probably do. But I think as I get older, I get more comfortable. I've gotten more comfortable in myself, in my queerness, especially in my blackness. I mean, I'm, that ain't going nowhere. My black ain't going nowhere. But <laughs> specifically in my queerness in terms of the choice of the color things, I was like, oh, shit, I'm not would never wear that back in the day. But now I'm like colorful this, that, you know, I'm more so just being free and Mm -hmm. dress accordingly in in terms of how I feel. And sometimes if you're having a bad day, I just put on something crazy and fun and loud and just fuck it, you know? Nice. I mean, this shit's pretty loud too. Oh yes. (laughs) There you go. I love that. Come on, print. What is the hard, okay, this is a kind of a tough question, but uh, Mm -hmm. what is the hardest part of your life and how have you overcome it? The hardest part of my life is so that that part of your life where you are, where you do work for yourself. And sometimes like in a moment, like now during pandemic, where you have to kind of start again, Um, because sometimes that gets tiring when you're, you know, you get into a new position and or things don't really go as planned. Um, Or you're just, you're, 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 you're taken off of a course that, you know, you already had your mindset to. So I think that having to start again can sometimes beat you up or, or, or at least beat up somebody that isn't as strong or isn't as wise or, or can h- kind of hustle and bustle to do something next. But it does, it does wear you down, and especially in entertainment. I mean, it's, it's a known fact that it's higher rates of like just depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so I think being aware of that and not turning to, oh, well, I need drugs, I need this, I need that, and just kind of having a moment, sit through it, understand what it is, feel it if you got to feel it, cry if you got to cry, and then you kind of got to snap out of it the best way that you can. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's definitely been it. Well, have you two been talking recently? <laughs> no, why? No, the last thing you said, he just said that to me yesterday. So, Oh, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. I think that I'm being ganged up on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's one interesting thing about you that people would be surprised to know? Mm, that most, you know, I get, uh, I'm a huge like 
mod, 50s, 60s, um, modern architecture. I love the music. I'm Frank Sinatra, rat pack down. I have Frank Sinatra, like lyrics tattooed on my body. I have like albums and old Frank Sinatra uh, signatures I've collected over time. Like I'm a huge, huge rat pack, old Hollywood, old glamour that I, I'm fascinated and I love it. And I've read biographies, everybody from Ava Gardner to Lauren McCall to like um, Rock Hudson. So all of that history and energy, I love. Yeah. I'm actually admiring some of your posters behind you. You've got yeah. like K-Rock's almost acoustic Christmas. Oh, oh yeah, all this. you got all the like, behind you. <laughs> and this is in my man cave. This is all. All the used? Yeah, yeah, the used. Mm-hmm. I used to listen mm-hmm. to the used in high school. Yeah, I have like a book. <laughs> it's like oh, a signed little uh, guitar yeah. from Stone Sour on there. So it's all <laughs> just oh, all man. over the place. <laughs> oh, man. Super cool. Nice. Um, what's one thing that you're working on currently? Hmm. One thing I'm working on currently. Um, I guess it would be. It's it's something more tech. Without saying too much, it's it's a it's a it's a tech venture. Um, it's a team that I've known forever since I was you know um, Sony Lot working with the Smith family. Like I've remained really good friends with these guys out in, t- in Toronto and just consulting on things. Cause that's when you can put me in a room and we can get creative and think about building something. Um, that's what I'm really working on. I'm really excited about it. Um, and it's just a deep dive of, 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 of thought. And, and I think it's going to kind of really change the game if we do it the right way. So I'm really excited. Well, about are you that. being intentionally vague? Well, that. Okay. Well, that. <laughs> okay. well, that. <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that. I didn't catch yeah, that, yeah, trying to pry mm-hmm. it out of you. Yeah, no. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's good, though. It's good. I'm excited. Yep. Besides what you've done already, what do you hope to accomplish in your, uh, what else do you hope to accomplish in your life and your career? Hmm. Get to a place when I don't have to start again. Ooh. I want to, yeah. I want to be settled in, in, in me and, 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 and my confidence in what I do and my work and sit back and sort of take a snapshot of everything that I've done and not let the times when I'm down weigh me down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause sometimes you got to step back like, well, shit, I did that Well, Damn. I got two people stars on the walk of pumps and I did this and that. And sometimes you have to be your own hype man. And as we say on my show, like my girl, piece said, sometimes you got to give yourself roses. You got to give it to your own self. So I think, um, being able just to be really comfortable in a space and knowing that this is the life. I, I always say you work, we're working on our monument. Your monument is you. Your monument is your story. What is your story going to tell when you leave this earth? I want to make sure when I leave this earth that I've lived a life. You know what I mean? And so I said, I'm just trying to work on this monument. I, I wanted to mention, like, I, I listen to your show fairly <laughs> regularly, and I mm-hmm. love that you, that you and Paris do uh, roses at the end of the, every episode. Right. And one of the episodes you actually gave yourself a rose. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I don't know if you do that very often, but, um, mm-hmm. but it, it really, 
it really stuck out to me because I'm like, you know, sometimes you have to give yourself roses. You do. You do. Hey, I bought myself flowers. <laughs> oh, come on now. Yes. Come on. Touching the kids. Yes. But no. Physical as well as the, as the <laughs> I know. I think it is important. I, I, I think because we get so busy, so busy and I, you, you just like, I don't get into the phase. Like you're, you're only as good as your last, like, Fuck all that. If you've done really great things in your life, it is okay. Sit back and think of something, write a note, but like it will pump yourself up. Like, shit, I did do that. You know what I mean? And yeah. sometimes it just helps. It's okay to put, be your own hype man. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, this is a very important question. Okay. <laughs> a very important question. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite season of Drag Race? <laughs> <laughs> always think about this. Um, Season six was really amazing. Okay. Um, that was I, beautiful, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and I do love, I love the all-stars um, with the Shangela all-stars. Four? Was mm, it four? Oh, that one made me mad. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And I was there at that fucking, when, when they didn't say her name, like I was sitting there like, the everybody, like the whole crew, everybody gasped in the whole entire room. Everybody gasped. We were like, this makes no sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. It yeah. was just that last little twist that was just like, why? Yeah. Who thought yeah. of this? And you, knew, and you saw just how big. Every time I would see Morgan at, at brunch, I'd be like, you fucking bitch. He was the one who did it to <laughs> every time. But look at Shangela now, though. Yeah, I mean, look at her. She's in A Star Is Born. She's exactly, exactly. She ain't yeah. losing no sleep. No, no she doesn't need that. <laughs> well, you uh, you talked about uh, talking, speaking into the universe earlier. Mm. What have you manifested lately? Good, 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 good. Another good one. Y'all are good. Um, let me think. Another, something I've manifested. Um, I'm. How can I say this? I manifested a sort of calmness in myself because mm-hmm. I was so like anxiety waking me up. And once it wakes me up, I can't go to sleep. And I think about everything. And sometimes I still like I went and had an evaluation the other day. And so I'm kind of talking through things. So it helps. But I'm manifesting a a, a calm space in me to where I'm able to see blessings and 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 things before me that I've tried to manifest before but I couldn't see because I was always in my own way you know what I mean and so I'm sort of just asked to be able to receive the abundance of things that I know that I've worked for that I've let slip by and or allow somebody else to come and take and so right now I'm here I am prepared so manifesting being prepared and now I'm everything that's mine I'm getting everything give me all my shit give me all my bags <laughs> that, that is powerful being ready to receive it and being you know able yeah. to receive it yeah 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 absolutely so I'm, I'm I'm listening more and my eyes are open more and I'm just I'm here and I'm ready that was the final question um, for okay. the regular episode uh, okay Play 20 questions and it was a lot of questions but uh, I love it questions for Patreon um, where can our listeners find you Kwame me I'm on Instagram CJ live CJ a Y L Y F E and uh, my podcast is can we kick it here awesome. on Instagram yeah
Are we ready? Yeah. Okay. So I did steal a bunch of these from inside the actor studio. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yes. yes. I used to watch their show all the time as a kid. And mm-hmm. I just was like, you know what? Let me change some of these questions. And that's yeah. smart. I love that. I'm gonna use that. Shit. Um, so uh, we'll start with that. What is your favorite word? Oh, my favorite word is. Oh wait, I, wait, wait, wait. It's, um... <laughs> it's a hard question. Uh, wait, wait, wait. It is. Watch. It's gonna come to me the second. It is. I'm just gonna. My other favorite word is moist. <laughs> but <laughs> I love moist. why? It's, 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 it's sexy. Least favorite word. Oh, well, what is your nice. least? If, if that's your favorite word, what's your least favorite word? Oh, okay. So only because I love her so much, and I'm listening to her audiobook, Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. I hate it. She does it a lot. And she was like, mm, it was Christmas. I, it was family and giggles. I hate when people say the word giggle. I hate, what did you guys say? We just giggled. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, it's, it's, I hate giggles and I hate veggies. Like, mm, what's for dinner? Oh, just chicken and veggies. Shut up. What? Oh. <laughs> the other night, my roommate asked me if I wanted to get a pizza with him for din. Oh. Okay. Or sup or when you in an app and somebody hits you up and be like, sup. What what are you asking me? Supper? What the fuck is get out of here? Sup. No question mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, what turns you on? Um like and like sense. What whatever. Oh, um, I have a I have a huge underwear fetish sexually. So saying like like a dude in all kind of hot, little sexy like I'm like leave that machismo shit out the door when we in the bedroom. <laughs> that turns me on. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. What turns you off? Turns me off. Um, Besides veggies, <laughs> what turns me off is when people. Um, When I, turns me off, y'all are getting me with the good ones. <laughs> like I've thought of a million things that, and it's coming at me one time, and I'm trying to sift through them. Um, I, I, I hate when people play victim, or mm. I, I, I just play in the most like stupid little ways, passive aggressive. That's what turns me oh, off, yeah. pass, especially through text. Like Ooh. passive aggressive texts annoy me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when you come passive aggressive and you send me a paragraph, I just reply back, okay. <laughs> 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 and that'll get them going. You see the three dots. And then what I'll do is I usually block and then I'll unblock at the end of the day. So I'll never see what the hell they were sending. But I'll be like, hey, next day, how you doing? Hey, <laughs> Patty. <laughs> right here. <laughs> um, what sound or noise do you love? Mm, like a moist noise, like a, <laughs> like a wop, like it's a macaroni wet. in a pot. Mm, oh macaroni in the pot, exactly. Mm, mm, that's a good. I have a video of me when I made macaroni and cheese like a month ago. I was just like, oh, I, mm, 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 mm. I love that. 
I'm, blu- I'm turning so red right now. <laughs> I'm blushing, but no one can tell. So. <laughs> My problem too. I don't get it. <laughs> uh, I'm just playing contrarian here. What what sound do you hate? Oh, uh, oh God! When um, when people like eat and laugh. <laughs> Look at I like go over there. Get yeah. I hate when people just laugh and eat. Oh, annoying. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's a bad one. <laughs> um, what's your favorite curse word? Oh, um, it might not be right, but I, I love saying cunt bubble. <laughs> bubble? <laughs> cunt bubble. What is that? I don't know. Like when I play tennis on my Nintendo Switch and I'm like, you fucking cunt bubble. No, I don't know. I've been saying this since a kid. I don't know what that means. That. That's a weird one. That's, I've never heard that one before in my life. That's original. You said you've done. A, it seems like you've done a lot. But what other profession other than the one you have and the one the ones that you have done would you uh, want to do? Mm, tour manage. Like even when I was with Ross on that tour, like I love. It was so just the busyness and like getting off of a plane and going and renting a car and then driving to the next state and making sure we can check in, get bags. Okay. We got sound check at this time. Blah, blah, blah. We got, we have to eat at this time. Here's what you want. Eat you ready. Boom. Go out do the show, wrap up, get up, wake up, go like, give me that. Or like, if you can keep me like this, I can live like that. Like I love the yeah. hustle and bustle like that. I love that. Nice. Yeah. Um, what profession would you not like to attempt? Um, I would like working face to face, like dealing with customers, like in a store or some shit. Like I tried it. Like I worked at Skechers from a homeboy. I remember in New York and, ooh, and then it was on, it was in, on 76 and I had to go downstairs, like narrow my big ass shoulders going down to like a little, it was like, excuse me, carrying boxes of Skechers out. Right. And I remember it was like half of the day I went downstairs and I was like, man, Dude, I'm gonna have to quit. <laughs> he didn't even look up at me. He was like, mm-hmm. I was reading the paper. I was like, I'll call you later. <laughs> just quit. I couldn't do it. God bless the people that do. I just can't do that because I can't do that. Mm-mm. It's too much energy. Mm. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was I was gonna say before the pandemic, I was serving tables and I was Damn. Life. I really yeah, I, I literally was like, I did not care. I did not care who was sitting down on my table anymore. I said, what you <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look, I get that. See, that's why I couldn't they do that. Said, they said, oh, by the way, we're shutting down. I said, oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm already back. <laughs> um, if you were to win a million dollars today, mm-hmm. tax-free, mm-hmm. tax-free. <laughs> what's the first thing you would buy? My mother, a house, Ooh. like on a beach, like a house on a beach and stocked with art supplies and any and everything that she would want and need. Aww. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Um, if you had one superpower, what would it be? To be invisible. Ooh, that's a good one. What's your ideal vacation destination? Always, forever, Maui. Ooh. Maui. Always. It's the first since pandemic is the first year in probably like six years I haven't gone. I usually go every single year for like two weeks. So this is the first year. I, so I'm like, Ooh. oh, wow. I've yeah. never been to Hawaii. My grandmother went when I was like really young and she uh, went back like a lay. 
but oh. I kept them for like years. It was like just. <laughs> it's my favorite place because literally you go there and you can pack a for two weeks you could take a backpack all you need is three pairs of shorts flip-flops because it's not a but nobody's dressing up like that like even the 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 four seasons and all that which they're brunch the ball but you can put on some little shorts flip-flops and a tank top really nobody knows like the island is just that chill so you don't have to pack big like i never check in luggage i literally carry on for two weeks three weeks i'm taking carry on to be fine that's awesome yeah um uh, oh if you had a spirit animal what would it be Ooh. my spirit animal would be. It could be mythical. It could be. Native. Yeah. I feel like it would be like a, like a mix between a, a unicorn and a, what's the thing that stands? It's half man, half horse. A centaur. There we go. It'd be like a unicorn <laughs> centaur. <laughs> a unicentaur. <laughs> yeah. You know, there you go. Cause it mixes. It's a little, it's a little thin. It's a little mask, you know, basically. <laughs> yeah. Come on now. Everything. A little bit. Everything right there. <laughs> What's a book uh, that you've read that shaped your your view on positivity? Or that shaped your positivity? Mm. <laughs> that shaped my positivity. I would... I, I, the Warmth of Other Suns. Mm. Um which was kind of really deep and telling. And I find myself going back and reading it often. And finally, I just got it on Kindle because I kept losing the book. But um, yeah, I would say the warmth about the sons. Yeah. Who's the author of that? The author, oh, 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 I forget her name. Uh, forgive me. I'm trying to blank. I forget her name. But I'll get you it to you. Google's a friend, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's about just the telling of, of, of uh, uh, Blacks in America. And it kind of really goes back into all that. It's, it's a beautiful, poignant. That's cool. Story. Yeah. I'm reading Tony Morrison right now. What'd you say? I'm reading Tony Morrison right now. Oh, really? Oh, my girl Paris loves the lives for Tony Morrison. Yeah. It was really funny because, like, I a friend of mine, he's, it's like one of his favorite books, and, and mm-hmm. I picked it up just out of curiosity. And because and I kind of been stumbling upon her for a little yeah. while. And it was like, I, I started listening to it, and she had a whole section, uh, two chapters on like art. And I'm like, <gasps> like, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, super good. Um, if a genie granted you three wishes, what would you wish for? Oh, wait. Mm. Oh, we'll go back. Go ahead. <laughs> what would I wish for? I would wish for... Um, wealth for me and my family. Mm-hmm. Okay. By wealth, I just mean not fucking like sitting on gold toilets or anything, but I mean, just a nice comfortable living wealth. Okay. So we don't turn, turn crazy. Um, a, a beautiful home big enough to where I can have family and friends spread out a sprawl in Maui was like a compound, you know what I mean? So they can come and go. They don't have to live there. They can live, but have places there, but I will live there. Um, and, uh, what's the guy uh, A wish, a third, <laughs> a third wish to to be a tennis player. Hey, okay, nice, okay, to be a rich tennis player that lives on Maui. 
Boom. <laughs> All three. <laughs> if you could be from any other decade or live in any other decade, what would it be? The 50s. Ooh. But I ain't going to be coming through nobody's back door and I ain't going to be coming through nobody's back door. You're respect me. You're going to put some respect on my name. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> Go back and change things, huh? Exactly. This is a tricky time for sure. <laughs> for real. <laughs> um, if you could solve one world problem, what would it be? I would climb and change. Yep. Right? Mm. Or hunger. I never <laughs> thought about that. See, y'all hit me with the good ones. Wait, what? Because hunger, yes. Homelessness, I would absolutely. Yeah. Homelessness is, was my, is, not, is my number one. I actually donate to um, everything that I make off of my shop to 10% of the Habitat for Humanity. Oh, really? Oh, that's awesome. I wanted I to build that in. I wanted to like have it just be a... Yeah. Yeah, so, because I'm always like... I'm always, my head is always in things about climate change, but homelessness has obviously, because I am living on the street and seeing how that is. That, that, yeah, I might have to talk to you more about that. Okay. Nice. Um, if you could have, if you could have dinner or din. <laughs> with any three people dead or alive, who would they be? Frank Sinatra, Sade, and Amy Whitehouse. Oh, Amy's my girl. I, oh, yeah. For sure. I love Amy. I actually have her, um, I have a Day of the Dead Amy Winehouse tattooed on my leg. You're going to show me that. Wow. You're going to show me that. He's going to show me that. It's right there. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. But yeah, that's Amy Winehouse. I can kind of see it. Yeah. That's so cool. Nice. Um, when I was in London, I actually went to Camden and oh, nice. I didn't get to go see her house because we were on foot, but um, I saw a statue of her and it was like, oh, I wanted to go to see my last time I went to London. I was supposed to go and never made it. That's also one of my other favorite places in the world. London. Yeah. Yeah. Me and my mom went last year. It was really fun. Oh, love London. Uh, who would play you in the movie of your life? <laughs> um Alfrey Woodard. Uh, let me think. <laughs> you know what? Alfrey Woodard. Yes. <laughs> nice. Nice. And here, here's the last one. It's a doozy. Uh, okay. If heaven exists, Ooh. what would you like to hear God say to you at the pearly gate? Oh, good one. Um, Thank you, James Lipton. <laughs> that is a good one. Um, well done. <laughs> he gonna be like, no, he's going to look at me and be like, you tried. <laughs> you tried. He'd be like, just going over there. Go on. I love you, son. Just you tried. No, but no. Uh, um, um, forgive yourself because I already forgave you. Ooh, oh, yes. There you go. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, CJ, it's been such a pleasure having you today. This was fun. This was about, look, and not even blowing smoke. I've been, I've done a, quite a few shows, but this probably was one of my, you got me thinking like, damn, what could I solve in the world? 
that what? <laughs> I just come and have the shit I talk about Russell. This was really bravo on the show. You two are fantastic. Aww. Those questions were really thought provoking. This is what I love. This is like tennis. This is like ping pong. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Bravo to you two. Bravo. Thank you wow. Yeah. Thank you so much. We really had fun. Yeah. yeah this was fun. Um, have a Thank great you. day. Thanks again. We'll talk to you Thank later. You. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. off today's episode with some gratitude yes um what am i grateful for this week number one i am grateful to uh that i am experiencing new things i am grateful that i am in sync with my body i've actually just recently started to go vegan or at least mostly vegan um, I'm, I'm not going to make myself like a super strict person on it or anything like that because I know things happen. Um, but I, I am choosing what I want to put in my body a little bit more consciously. Like, um, I, I have my m- meals planned out on a daily basis. I have like go-to things that I have. Like, my diet doesn't really change during the week except when I do something different, like go to a restaurant or something. But, um having that stable kind of thing with myself is, is extremely beneficial to me. Um, I'm grateful for, uh, it's a tough one. Um, I'm grateful for everything. I'm grateful for everything. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for Mm. this. I'm grateful for new friends. I'm grateful for every blessing that the universe is currently giving to me. Nice. Yeah. Um, what am I grateful for? I am grateful that, uh, you showed up for me this week and pulled me out of a funk. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm grateful for you and for that. Uh, thank you. Of course. Uh, I'm grateful that everything I think in my head and everything that I feel isn't true. Because uh, sometimes I can think stuff that is like crazy and is against me, and and I'm and I'm grateful that all everything the the scary movies I dream up in my head aren't aren't true, mm-hmm. um, and I am grateful that this music thing is you know taking off. I'm, it's finally getting some wings, and I'm it very is. very excited. It so, is so yay! Do you have a date for your next single? I do, but I. I Oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. You know what it is, but we're we're not going to talk about it. It I will tell you guys, but just know that there is a single coming uh, sometime next month. Uh, It's really good, by the way. It's really, really good. You guys are really going to like it. Yes, I hope you do, and I hope you like the the other one. Did we we do the quote yet? Oh, no, we didn't. Shit. (laughs) Uh, We totally just zipped right past that. Yeah, because we were talking about it. I know. Um, uh, Quote. You want to read it? I do want to read it, because this quote is so funny. I... I've said this quote so much, and I attribute it to someone uh, who used it during the 1970s, but uh, this quote was actually from someone else. Uh, it is from a, uh, a quantum physicist named Max Planck. Planck, yeah. Planck, Planck. And it is, I love this, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. I'm going to read that one more time. Mm-hmm. When you change the way you look at things... The things you look at change. 
Mm. It's beautiful. Mm. You can follow uh, A Cosmic Journey on social media at A Cosmic Journey Pod on Instagram. I am Dimitri Wild on Instagram and Twitter. I am uh, J Maceo Music on Instagram and Twitter. And I want to ask all you know, you folks, if you would follow me on Spotify, I'd appreciate it. I'm also J Maceo, uh, J M A C E O on Spotify. Listen to music, follow me, and uh, keep uh, keeping it real, Star Seeds. You will find links to. Jay's uh, Spotify, as well as all the articles used in this show on our show notes. Um, uh, don't forget, if you find value in this show, if you learn something today, you can always find more things on our Patreon page, yeah. such as Sexology 101, um, which I am doing extra clips. We have bonus content. You get things a day early. And um, don't forget to rate, share, and subscribe to the show, to the show as well. Please! Yeah. Yes. Well, thanks for listening, and as always, Godspeed, God Star Seeds. Seeds.